1: Robson Civil, with over 60 years of leading civil constructions experience, visit robsoncivilprojects.com.au BJ Howes Metal Land, the coast's tradies choice for tools, steel, gas, visit bjhowes.com.au Welcome to Saturdays on the Coast.
2: Yeah, good morning, we're live from Terrigal Surf Life Saving Club, Michael Butner, alongside me, former New South Wales and Australian Rugby League rep, uh, formerly with Parramatta, the North Sydney Bears, the West Tigers, Buttes. The office does not get much better than this on a Saturday morning. Absolutely perfect here at Terrigal.
3: Mate, the sun is shining. There's a couple of waves rolling in, but nothing too serious. But it is absolutely spectacular. It is probably Terrigal close to its best.
2: (coughs) Yeah, we've got a couple of ski paddlers out there, like Ironman ski paddlers. We've had maybe about 50 or 60 swimmers come in. So this morning, I think the Terrigal Swimming Club They've swum around the Skillion, the big headland here, and they've yep. they've swum down to avoca So we are maybe talking a two and a half to three k swim in total. And so they've all just come in, hive of activity on this Saturday.
3: Certainly is, and uh, you know what? It's a great day even to come down and maybe get a few rays later on in the day because of <laughs> the suns. It's certainly warm enough. There's no doubt about that. Yeah, um, and of course you do it safely. You got to slip, slop,
2: and slap. But, you, uh, you didn't grow up by the ocean, did you? No, I did
3: not, mate. No, I love yeah. the ocean. I've yeah. got to tell you.
2: Hey, uh, I, I bet you someone's laughing on hold at the moment, and he's the head caller with SEN, does a sensational job. Last night he was on with Scotty Sattler. Mm. They, are, they are the best in the business, in my opinion. They had Spud Carroll as part of the team last night, and I'll tell you why he's the best in the business. Because he played at the elite level, he provides more insight than any other head commentator, mm. in my opinion. Joel Kane, good morning, mate.
4: Hello, boys. Uh, two of my favourite rugby league identities. I was laughing. I'll tell you why, because about two months ago, uh, my daughter's, uh, she's got her L plate, so we're trying to get the hours up, and we love a little restaurant there at Terrigal called The Hungry Wolf, right? So we'd like to get the pizza, slap on the uh, tortellini Boschiola on the top, <laughs> and it's magnificent. So the other day,
5: uh,
4: we, we drove all the way up to get her hours up, and you can't believe it was closed. It was like... It was like Chevy Chase. Remember um, National location? <laughs> they
3: go to the... We turned up all the side to the close. Oh, no. Uh, what? You've, you've got connections, though, Bruce. I have got connections, mate. You could have called me, Joel. I would have got uh, in touch with Dom, and he would have <laughs> opened it specifically just for you, my
2: friend. <laughs> uh,
4: well, I'll do that next time, Butts.
2: How are you, boys? Mate, yeah, we're well, mate. No, last night I was driving home listening to your call of Penrith Panthers. Just the juggernaut rolls on. They're back at home, and... 22-0 against the Cowboys. But according to you guys, it could have been 30-0 at halftime. That's
4: right. Yeah, so it could have been 30-0. And I still would have been impressed with what we saw of the Cowboys. We said in the call last night for SCM boys, that there was a 10-minute period from the Cowboys. They defied the Panthers. I reckon it was about 30 tackles in a row. Mm. And for me, that's the best defensive display we've seen from any team in about a year. That, it was unbelievable... Yes, they were comprehensively beaten 22 points to nil, but I left there thinking this team's legit. They are absolutely legit. They turned up, no Kyle Felt, no Jason Malolo and Penrith were full strength. They were humming, knocking on the door of State of Origin. They, they were brilliant, and, and they will walk away from there. They completed only 58%, and they were in the game the whole way. One try only in the second half. She's done a good job, boys, hasn't he, Todd Payton? Last year, worst defense in the whole competition. And this year's second best, it's amazing turner in.
2: Hey, let's not forget too, I think Todd Payton coached the West Tigers to a premiership in the junior grades. And Butes, did they win like 40 to nil? Uh, I'd have to go no, back to the record Yeah, you'd
3: have to go back, mate. Look, he's impressive and he's done a great job there with uh, this Cowboys side. Joel, I've got to say, I look at the Panthers and, mate, some of their execution of their play, that try by Brian Total was absolute perfection in relation to the Christmas of the past the, you know how they were trying to work on the defenders and lining up exactly who they needed to be. It actually looked like it was a training run It was executed so well.
4: It's attention to detail. Uh, and I, I, was, I spoke to Zach Bailey yesterday. Now, Zach Bailey, he's the, the ground announcer. You're probably thinking, well, why is he talking about a ground announcer when we're talking about you know, <laughs> wonderful play for the Panthers? But the reason I say that is because it's attention to detail for Penrith. Everything is so specific to what you need to do for success. And why I talk about Zach Bailey is that Ivan Cleary even recognises the power of their home crowd. And, and it's so important that Zach Bailey's the ground announcer, he's got to have that Panther crowd up at the right time. So Ivan Cleary, he does not miss a beat. Not not a single single beat. Everything they do is with purpose. Everything they do is with reason. And that's why, like, you know what it's like, boys, every try these days is scored by millimetres, you know. We're going to the bunker yep. and it's millimetres. So you have to get everything absolutely right, and that's what they're doing.
3: I just, mate, I just want to say, I don't know whether you're aware, but Steve's the ground announcer for the Bulldogs, <laughs> and there's been an inquiry as to how poorly the Bulldogs are going this year or gone for the last five years.
2: Yeah, well, I, I, do, <laughs> I do remember Rodney O one time. Rodney O came out in the press and he said, I'm worth 10 points to the team. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and there's no atmosphere at the Kingdome. Uh, but, uh, oh, hey, it, I, it. I, found, I found the fact. So, Todd Payton with the West Tigers Toyota Cup team, 46-6 to mm. over the Raiders. Wow. So, uh, I guess the point I'm trying to make is that if you can lead a, a junior team to a premiership, like, what's the difference? I mean, I know it's a massive difference, but if you can coach, you can coach, right? That, that's my point, I guess.
4: Oh well, I think even more so. Like we know what it's like with those under 20s teams. So it's like touch football.
2: So if you can keep a team
4: to six, uh, you know what you're doing in defence. Look, he. I've never had any doubt about Todd Payton and him being in the first grade. People say oh, you only tip them because he's your mate. No, I, I. I legitimately believe he is the next big one in this competition. They're very hard to find the really good ones. Trent Robertson, Craig Bellamy, and I'm not at all suggesting he's going to achieve what those bikes have because who will, but he may, and, and he, he's a superstar coach, he's got the right demeanour, he's that inner winner, he knows, he just knows all about winning and the way to conduct yourself. They, they're playing finals, boys, lock them in, um, and so too probably their Queensland counterparts, the Broncos.
2: Yeah, I want to talk about that game in a moment, but did I hear Spud Carroll say last night, he was talking about the Panthers defence, did he say that at Manly they had a drill where it was 8 on 13, and they had to try to keep the uh, attacking side out?
4: Yeah, he said the late Bozo, uh, and you can imagine Bozo being a terrific coach, where they'd start 13 or 13, then Bozo would pull out a couple, and then he'd even do things like throw two balls into the attack, so they've got to watch two things going on at the same time. And it's those little creative things that really good coaches do. Um, And and I I remember one year, so I think it must have been 1996 when Manly won the comp, They had conceded only 192 points. And I vividly remember that because David Waite, the whole off-season, 192, 192, 192, that's the number we've got to get to, which we didn't. Um, But uh, uh, it's so important. I mean, every year, the top two defensive sides, that's where your
3: premiership team's coming from. Yeah, you're 100% right, mate. And one thing I loved about, you know, Penrith last night, it was 22-0, but I hear you saying that the Cowboys were in the game. They didn't shirk their responsibility at all. Uh, and there was that period, you know, just before half time, 30 minutes into the second half, where they were going back and forth with this Panther side. And um, it's a gutsy performance for them. They've got some work to do. There's no doubt about it. But when you go up against the two top teams in the competition, uh, back-to-back, uh, you've, and you well, come away with a one and one result, well, I then think you're pretty
2: comfortable. I think you're right, Bukes, because the 22-0 against the Cowboys of 2021 becomes a 50-nil score. Yes. So there's no resilience. Uh, Do you agree, Joel? Oh, totally. I I was calling the game last night thinking,
4: you know, many many other sides, this is a 50 job. It's just, it's a 50 job, and it's not because you're playing bad. It's just because they are, they strangle you. They just give you nothing. Um, 58% of the ball, all those tackles on their own goal line, and 22 points to nil, yeah, sounds big. Four tries. Uh, they held up so many times over the line, they scrambled. No town Malolo, uh, four and a half months away from the grand final. I'm I'm personally, boys, not tipping Penrith. And uh, the reason being Ooh. is this will be their third year they're up. They've still got to get through three state of origins, a lot of these guys. It's four and a half months away. It's a long, long way in this marathon. They're, they're, if there's a grand final on the weekend, they're absolutely the team I want to be on but I just can't see it happening that far in the competition. I'll tell you what, boys, I ask this question, i am interested in what your listeners think. If there was a tri-series, hypothetical, Penrith-Panthers, as we know the Penrith-Panthers, so therefore those players all not available for New South Wales or Queensland. Penrith, Queensland, New South Wales in a tri-series. I reckon Penrith win. What, what do you both think?
3: i tell you what, I, I think <laughs> it's a fair contest, to be honest with you. Like, you know, that... That Penrith side, and when you look at, you know, Justin Yeo is... Uh, not Sorry, Isaiah. Isaiah Yeo. Sorry, his father was Justin. I played with him at North Sydney. But Isaiah Yeo is in outstanding form. clearly obviously brilliant. Um, the makeup of their squad and what they're able to do um, is just phenomenal. And I think they would probably, you know, you'd have to find a really good side that can beat them on a regular basis. And I, I just can't see any side doing it. Not the way they play at the moment.
2: I tell you, we need to talk about the Broncos' Gold Coast. Now, Gold Coast are harder to follow as a fan than Canterbury-Bankstown. Oh. Yeah. Uh, and Butes and I were discussing before we came on the air about the short kickoff. I've never oh. seen a bigger coach killer in the last three decades. What, what in the world were they thinking?
4: Boys, I'm the number one advocate that there needs to be more short kickoffs because I just think the math <laughs> stack up but that was not the time. <laughs> that, that, was, that was the last... I've never ever seen it before where a team is leading by, what, 14 points or 16 points, and you go short, drop, no, short kick-off.
6: Joe, I, I, so you know what? Can what I just think-
3: say on this, right? Back in 2001, <laughs> uh, when I was at ProMutter, right, we'd practice short kickoffs. You know the thing about yep. it is you don't need eight blokes chasing the ball. You <laughs> need about three of them chasing. You need to have a staggered line, Right. And yes, unfortunately yes. for the Titans, they just got it completely wrong. I've got no problem with what they did. I've got a problem with how they went about uh, it. Yeah, because you had yeah. seven blokes all chasing in the, in the one line. If they if the Broncos get the ball, they go straight through, which is exactly what happened.
2: I've never seen you so fired oh, up. just It's ridiculous uh, 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 to
3: think that they yeah, would. Right. I, I don't mind them contemplating that because they're a chance of getting the ball back. Yeah. Right, Which I go, okay, fantastic, roll the dice. But you've got to execute it right or have people to cover in the event that what's the threat? The threat is they get it on the run. So yeah. you're to have a couple of people back yeah, there yeah. to cover. Yeah. Ridiculous. And yeah. don't
2: forget, Sugar, uh, we haven't even mentioned the Gold Coast were down to 11 men oh. at one stage just oh. before half time.
4: Boys, I, I tipped the Gold Coast Titans and I was pretty happy with myself. At half time, mate, you're <laughs> fine. <flying>. No, <laughs> so, well, I got in the car and, you know, when you've been on air for six hours, you've got to mop up a few calls. So I'm driving back to Penrith and I'm on the phone and, and then I said, I'll put the footy on and uh, round the grounds. I nearly pulled over the car and crashed. I was like, what the hell's going on here? And then they take the lead, then they score another one. 31 unanswered points, boys. They're flaky, aren't they, the
3: Gold Coast? Oh, yeah, mate. And you know what? After that dropout, that was it. That was a massive turning point. It was, you know, the original game of two halves. When you're up 24-4, you'd like to think that you'd be able to, you know, put the cue, not put the cue in the rack, but be able to seal the victory from there. But um, they sort of brought themselves undone, I believe. And You know what it is, it's actually a credit to the Broncos and you know what, to be honest with you, after that performance last night and what they did last week, both without Adam Reynolds they can seriously declare that they're the real deal. They're actually when I say the real deal, they're a finals you know, a serious finals contender.
2: I think they're up to number four now and uh, Joel, I haven't seen the numbers but David Fafita last night, almost single handedly against his old side, just drew a line in the sand and he was outstanding, but what about the Payne Haas saga? I, I, I suppose you've been talking about that all week.
4: Yeah, I heard an interview after the game, boys, and he said he was when they booed him, he was rattled. He was completely rattled. But I'm, I mean, honestly, like I'm in the camp that I believe he's getting paid a fair amount. I I just think in this game, and somebody will pay him a million dollars. There's no question because rugby league, you quickly find out, it's full of people who aren't that smart. Correct. So, <laughs> yes. you, you can't. I've never seen a competition one where the front rower is the highest paid in the team. Like I, for me, if it was grand final day, another hypothetical, and Coach Walters has the choice to only have Reynolds or Payne half participate in the grand final, he'd have to go Reynolds. Like, and yep. Reynolds isn't I, even the, in the top five half backs in the comp. That's you know? yes, like, correct. Playmakers is where it's at. Um, it, it, it he's brought that onto himself, and it was all very sad, wasn't it? I,
3: I think it's really sad, and what I did hear during the week was the fact that he's got a new player agent, right? And this yep. player agent yep. <laughs> doesn't get paid anything from his current yeah, contract. Exactly right. So what's, his best, what's yeah. that agent's best interest? is to try and source him out or try and upgrade his contract. Yep. So suddenly he gets a little piece of it. You know what? It is so far wrong, yep. right, in relation to yep. what this player agent is doing to his client who he should be bloody focusing on and giving him the best yep. chance to play his best football. Gee,
2: Butes, I, yeah. I, I said you fight up the morning. You know sporting. what? It's
3: so wrong yes. that this guy is doing this, is. right, because it's, un- it's derailing or possibly could derail, A, this kid's career, B, the club and where they're at at the moment, and see, he's got origin coming up. He's got things to focus on, right? And if you're looking after the, the player's best interest, you let him do what he's got to do and let him do it best. Don't come in there and upset the apple cart.
2: Yeah, you're, you're right, Bute. And Joel said when Payne Haas went off, he's on the Western Touchline at Lane Park at Suncorp Stadium, and he was booed. Yep. And you could see, like, he's a young man, and, like, he's an outstanding player. He's been the best front row forward in the comp this year. So he just needs to settle this. Like, and this is on the back
3: of you know what this is on the back of his manager saying, mate, you're worth a million dollars, yeah. and you know what yeah. you've got 850. it's plenty, yeah. okay you're a front rower, yeah. it is plenty. Your time will come, okay at the end of this contract that if you're still going that well, you can cash in again, okay, but please you know it does my head in when players are talking about 850, nine hundred, 950 it's a lot of money for yeah. what you're doing, okay. Enjoy it and make the most of it. Please don't
2: be greedy. Hey, uh, I mentioned about David's uh, feeder. Uh, Dave. Yeah, you go, Joel. Go.
4: No, I was going to say, like, and even further to that point, right? Um, so say, for example, he goes from eight fifty to nine fifty, or a million bucks, and he picks up an extra hundred or $150,000. The tax man's taken half of that. So now you're, you're advancing yourself by 50000 or 75000 Then if you move to Sydney, well, that 50000 quickly gets gobbled up compared to the Brisbane money you're paying. It's so stupid, Um, and I totally agree with everything you said, Biz.
3: Yeah, mate, it it is just, look, it does my head in these player agents at times that they're actually not looking after the best interest of their player, right? This is looking after the best interest of this player agent. That's as simple as it is. You know what, he gets 7% of a million dollars instead of no percent of $850,000. You do the math, you work out where his intentions are.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Well said, Butes. Um, I mentioned David Fafita. What about Tino Fasua Malawi? He's up over two hundred and seventy meters last night and mm. you mentioned about Origin just around the corner. Butes will have his origin side a little later in the show. Uh, can we just get your thoughts, Joel, before you go this morning? Just on New South Wales in particular, without Tommy Turbo, the reigning Dalian player of the year and Latrell still in the U.S., is that correct? So, you know, two superstars out of the New South Wales team. And, and also a question mark on Cam Murray.
4: Yeah, no, I've been pretty clear-cut about my centres. That's the talking points for New South Wales.
2: I, I just think what we saw in the grand
4: final from Matt Burton on the left-hand side, uh, I know he's been playing 5-8, but look, he's got the combination with the Panthers. He's proven on the big stage. He was within a pimple of getting that Clive Churchill medal. He is so clearly my left centre, and i put Brighton on the right. I unfortunately, Stagg, this is out for me. I will say this, boys. If I was Billy Slater, this would be my back five. Cobbo would be on the wing, Fonger at full back, Valentine Holmes on the wing. I just think that power yep. of Cobbo and Holmes yep. rucking it out, my centres would be Gagai, and I'd have Hamiso in the, in the centres because he's been there before. Uh, I know it probably won't go that way. They'll probably go with Val in the centres, uh, and then go with Coates and, and maybe Cobbo, who, incidentally, are both right wingers. Uh, but that's what I'd be doing. Yeah, hey, hey, look, We're uh, getting
2: we're getting the wind-up yeah. from our producer. Uh, you just mentioned Cobbo. Uh, how appropriate. It's, he scores it, the first It's try. Indigenous round. He picked up the, the yeah. corner post, played the didgeridoo. Uh, boys, can I just get this from you, Joel, and also Butes? Who's the, uh, who are a couple of the greatest Indigenous players you played with or against? You first, Joel. Uh, look,
0: the
4: greatest I played with, and I just love watching him play. He played very different to everyone else. Nathan Blacklock. But I challenged everyone during the week on radio about if you had a backyard three-on-three, three, and this is a good one for your listeners, oh. who would you have for me? I said Beetson, Inglis first, and that would be my three-on-three three
3: backyard team. Mate, you're unbeatable. Absolutely <laughs> unbeatable. <laughs> 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 can I get Can I get a pick before you do? Because yeah, if you're, you're picking Beetson, I'm picking Inglis first. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah, I've said it on this show before, but when I was growing up on the Gold Coast, uh, Chugan had a playmaker called uh, Brad Garrett. I think he was in the Parramatta lower grades, but he was just a like every Sunday afternoon you had to go and watch Tugan because Brad Garrett would just flick a switch. Yeah. just Mate, You yeah. know what? They
3: are just so talented. And it's almost at times it is effortless. And that, you know what? That's what the good players do. They make it look effortless. And, you know, these Indigenous guys and the way that what they have contributed to our game has been absolutely phenomenal.
2: Hey, we desperately need to go to a break. Uh, what about a standing O for Joel nah, Kane? Of course, why not? Uh, why not? Uh, Thank you, you boys.
4: Hey, listen, anytime. Anytime. love chatting to you, Saddles. And I meant what I said. You're two of my favourites in rugby league.
2: Yeah, well, you're, you're the best in the business, mate. I love the insight. And keep up the great work with our, our great mate, Scotty Sattler, and also Spud Carroll. Joel Kane, thanks for your time.
4: Have a great day, guys.
2: OK, off to a break here. Uh, Saturdays on the coast. Tony Clark coming up in a moment. He's won numerous premierships locally. Looking forward to talking about his current role. He's doing a lot of work alongside former NRL head coach Neil Henry. Morris Goulogong is joining nah. us after 9.30 this morning. The greatest of all time in local AFL. The man who's kicked over 1,300 goals. Brad Woodward after 10 this morning. He's off to the Commonwealth Games in Birmingham. This is Saturdays on the coast on SEN.
1: Robson Civil. With over 60 years of leading civil constructions experience, visit robsoncivilprojects.com.au. BJ House Metal Land. The coast's tradies' choice for tools, steel, gas. Visit bjhowes.com.au. You're listening to Saturdays on the Coast.
2: Yeah, welcome back. We're live at Terrigal Surf Life Saving Club. Steve Allen, Michael Butner, the GOAT, the greatest of all time, has joined us in uh, Hunter Central Coast AFL. Morris Goolagong is in the house uh, we'll talk to Morris in just a few moments time. Over 1,300 goals in his stellar career. Beat. But did he get the same response <laughs> as Buddy Franklin
3: did that day in, at the SCG? I would imagine the day he kicked 1,000 goals, mate, they would have come running from
6: anywhere and everywhere.
2: Yeah, well, Morris, uh, where did you kick the 1,300th and what was the re- reaction like?
6: Uh, mate, I kicked it at um, Terrigal out, out of Hilton Moor Oval. Um, yeah. yeah, there was over 300 people there. First time the Black Diamond leagues had over 300 people at a game, I think. So. <laughs> yeah, but um, yeah, as I said, people come from uh, far and wide to because they knew I was uh, going to kick. Because the week before, I um, actually kicked 14 goals, and um, oh. they got dragged. Um, <laughs> The hey, last pull you off. Pulled me off the last quarter yeah, and said, well, yeah. let's make something out of this and uh, <laughs> yeah. let's get the media involved. Yeah, let, <laughs> it's funny, isn't
3: that's funny, is it? He's 1,285 goals <laughs> and he's one goal away with a quarter to go. Get yeah. off! Get off! Yeah, get off. yeah we, we can milk this for all it's <laughs> yeah, worth <laughs> correct.
2: and get Steve-O on the case with NBN TV. Uh, exactly. Exactly, you, exactly. It's great, great to see you, mate. There's a lot we can talk about uh, a little bit later on. Uh, of course, Luttrell is overseas. I want to talk about Indigenous round. Last yep. night, buddy? Just sensational for the Sydney Swans. Yes. They were down by over 30 against Richmond. But right now, let's go to our great mate, Tony Clark, who's waiting online. Uh, multiple Premiership winning coach locally and now involved doing a lot of work with Neil Henry uh, at grassroots level. TC, good morning,
7: mate. Good morning, boys. Good morning, Morris. Great to hear you, mate. You're a hero of mine on the Central Coast. One of the best <laughs> sportsmen ever. So uh, great to hear your voice again, mate.
6: Oh, Thanks for the kind words, mate. Awesome.
2: Yeah, TC, uh, we were talking last night uh, about North Sydney and their quest to be back in the NRL. Now, you've been involved in some high-level talks. What are you hearing, mate? Are they are they off to the west? And, and how's the feeling? I, I know you heard Billy Moore speak. Can you enlighten us?
7: Yeah, well, it was a, a high-level uh, moving over a couple of schooners of uh, Great North. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, no, <laughs> certainly... Um, it, it, uh, it certainly um, has uh, plenty of legs, plenty of support, and... Um, the Bears um, have, have a very strong model and uh, and the general feeling is that, um, you know, with the, with Western Australia or uh, the consortium from New Zealand, that, um, you know, they're a big chance of, of being part of the 18th, uh, 18th franchise. So um, I know there's a lot of work to be done by the Bears, but uh, as I said, they're certainly working very hard not only on the, uh, you know, on, on the NRL level, but, but certainly giving a, a, a pathway um, direction, you know, for, for a lot of kids in the game. So, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll keep working hard at, at, at that.
2: Yeah, Tony and I spoke last night, Buttes. Mm. Like, you look at NFL American football, and there's teams that will relocate to keep that franchise alive, and you don't have to look far here. I mean, just have a look at, uh, oh. you know, have a look at the Sydney Swans. Sydney
3: Swans, the, you know, at, Brisbane Lions. Oh Fitzroy, you know, there's all these teams that have done it. And, the thing and, I love it
2: is and yep. they retain their like, you know, they, they respect their roots.
3: Yes, correct. And I look at it and I go, you know, to get the red and black back would be absolutely amazing uh, for the game. Uh, yeah, and things I like to hear coming from Peter Villandis is the fact that every third person he speaks to wants to know when he you bring the bears back? When are you bring the bears back? When he and you know what? That sticks. In, that sticks in in the back of his head, and I think the fact that if the Bears can jump on the back of the next franchise to come in, and wherever that may be, then not only does that franchise have um, a rich history to you know to claim as their own, they've also got you know those colours and the, and that you know the badge that says that you know what they've been in the competition from day one, and I think that says a lot. Uh, for a new area coming into the uh, the competition, yeah,
2: and TC uh, that means that there might be maybe as many as three blockbusters at North Sydney Oval against traditional rivals. But then you're back to the west and you embrace that community and, and that city.
7: Yeah, exactly. So as we spoke about last night, but, you know, look, and they're realistic with that at North Sydney Oval. I mean, we were down there on Friday night when they played tennis in New South Wales Cup. It's a you know they probably had over three thousand people watching reserve breaks So. I mean, there uh, 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 are a lot, a lot. As Michael knows, you know, a, a lot of, uh, of Bears fans that would, would would flock to a you know Manly North game, uh, you know, whatever. Um, and, and the club, as I said, is very realistic in that. But you know, they they play three or four games there, and then uh, and they get on the road to, to WA or New Zealand.
3: But one thing I do know: North Sydney Oval, twenty thousand people there. Right. If you brought the Bears back, that would be sold out each and every time they played there. I guarantee it wouldn't matter who they played there. I guarantee they would be sell that game out, no doubt at all. It's one of the most picturesque grounds, right? But it's an absolute cracker of a uh, venue to go to, but also the history and whatever else. There's plenty of Closet Bear supporters out there.
2: Yeah. Hey, TC, can you stay with us? We need to go to the news, but want to continue the conversation in a few moments. Good as well, The great Tony Clark, multiple Premiership winner with the Wyong Roos, also with the Woi Woi Roosters... Actually, uh, we'll talk some local footy soon because Erina had a rare loss. Wyong on top of the table in Central Coast Rugby League. Off to the news. This is Saturdays on the Coast on SEM.
1: Robson Civil, with over 60 years of leading civil constructions experience. Visit RobsonCivilProjects.com.au. BJ House Metal Land, the Coast's Trade's choice for tools, steel, gas. Visit BJHouse.com.au. You're listening to Saturdays on the Coast.
8: Yeah, Saturdays on the Coast here on SEN Track 801, and it's great to have your company. We are going to go back to Terrigal Surf Club in just a moment, continue the conversation with Tony Clark. But, of course, there's plenty to talk about. Uh, And, actually, uh, we do have TC still with us. So while we've got a second, uh, TC, obviously, uh, we spoke a bit earlier about uh, some of the action with Joel Kane. But uh, there's plenty of games coming up today. The first of them, of course, the Warriors and the Knights. Pretty inconsistent from both sides so far this season.
7: Yeah, definitely, Adam. I think that um, you know both coaches would be looking uh, uh, looking for a, for a you know a better performance, as you said, a, a more consistent performance. Uh, both of them, you have to probably be honest that um, you know they've been relatively disappointing this year. So very important game for uh, for both teams.
2: Yeah, TC, we're back. Uh, we're just busy Three talking percent. to the greatest of all time in the <laughs> Black Diamond AFL, Morris Goolagong, who's here with us. TC, can you tell us more about the relationship you've got with Neil Henry and what he's giving back to Grassroots Rugby League?
7: Yeah, certainly. Um, so that we've, uh, the NRL, uh, which is groundbreaking groundbreaking for, um, for Australian sport, has created a program uh, uh, which has been named the Riders Program. Neil um, has developed that. Uh, in conjunction with the NRL, and, uh, and we're very fortunate that we're going to be running a pilot program starting on Wednesday, uh, the 20th of uh, June, um, from here on Oval, uh, you know, for Central Coast kids. Um, and ideally, and I think Morris would, uh, would agree with this, that it's so important that we keep um, a, a strong community league uh, happening or a strong community sport. I mean, it's so important to us all. And, and ideally, this program is for the, the kids that are not part of a, a, a designated rep program, but, you know, trying to skill them up and give them some confidence and keep them in the game.
3: What what age group are we looking at here, uh, Clarkie, in relation to these kids in this program?
7: So we're going to start from 13s, Michael. Um, it's, yep. it's,
0: it's
7: male and female. It goes uh, to 15. Um, Newcastle, have, this is the second year that Newcastle are running it, and they have over 180 applicants. Uh, we're, we're up with the 40, which is which is still very exciting because there's a little bit of time to go. Um, so, yeah, it, 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 it's the programme about... And, and also, as this, I mean, not just, it, it's also for the coaches, Michael, too. You know, there's, yes. there's a lot of volunteer coaches out there. So uh, I've been fortunate enough to be appointed head coach. I've got two very uh, experienced league coaches, in Matt Sharman and Matthew Hunter, um, to assist me. And um, and we've extended an invitation to uh, the under-13 junior coaches on the Central Coast, you know, and... and uh, and certainly get them some, give them some tools that hopefully they'll take back and and, um, and and let the kids, you know, enjoy, get a bit of confidence and hang around in the game.
2: Hey, TC, the uh, women's origin squads were named yesterday and there's three Central Coast girls in the New South Wales squad and one absolutely outstanding player in the Queensland squad. That's Tara Aiken, who was the player of the series on the Sunshine Coast a couple of years ago. She won the Nellie Doherty medal and she played with the Wyong Roos maybe before your time, TC, but well done to Tara and Aiken, and you've had plenty to do with the girls that have made the New South Wales squad. Tell us more.
7: Yeah, it's so exciting, isn't it, so it's, um, And I think it's a testament to the, to the strength of the girl, the girls' game on the coast, which continues to just, um, you know, grow and grow and grow. Uh, you know, with Isabel, Cara, Dib, uh, you know, it's, it's Isabel Kelly and Cara Dib, you know, tremendous achievement for them. I, I mean, Isabelle is a, a mainstay of the New South Wales team, which is uh, which is so exciting for her. And, uh, yeah, I, I'm really, uh, really looking forward to the, to the women's Origin game.
3: Yeah, look, it's going to be an exciting contest. And one thing I love about uh, the Origin, the female Origin, is the fact that they have it as a standalone on the Friday night and there's nothing to compare it to. And I want these girls to go out and give it their all. And, and again, I think you're right, um, Clarkie, when you talk about the standard of... And the quality of football, uh, especially the female rugby league, it has grown exponentially. I would say over the last three or four
7: years. Oh, definitely, Michael. I think I think one of the appealing factors is it's still so pure. You know, it, yeah. they 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 claim off that you know it's not overly structured, and the, and the girls are, are you know it, it, as we said the skill levels improve dramatically, but it, it is a pure form of the game, and I think that, that, that's the appeal to the wider audience.
2: Yeah, actually, uh, speaking of the women's game, I was really fortunate this week uh, with my podcast. I was able to speak to Corbin Baxter. And the episode will come out soon. So she's the captain of the Sydney Roosters. She's been a part of the Gila Roos since around about 2017, alongside Ali Brigginshaw. And I think you guys will all enjoy this audio. So I cut up a little snippet last night. I wanted to go inside the mind of a great player. So... I asked her about other players and I wanted her to come up with the first thoughts that came to her mind when she comes up against them. And I asked Corbin Baxter, the captain of the Premiership winning Sydney Roosters, her thoughts about Ali Brigginshaw, first of all.
9: Leader, confident. She's very relatable too, very open. trailblazer. I think she's someone who has a lot of pressure on her shoulders to, to speak up for the girls, but is always... <laughs> courageous and confident enough to to be the voice of many
2: yeah by the way my people have been talking to her people we've had lengthy discussions and hopefully she'll be on this podcast sometime soon next up someone in the forwards Steph Hancock
9: history she's just been there for such a long time and and still um leading the way I, I think she retired about at the world cup back in 2017 but she's still going strong resilient and also just an awesome leader Gold
2: medalist from Rio, Charlotte Casley.
9: Dynamic, just great footy head and vibrant.
2: Yeah. One of your teammates at New South Wales and Gillaroo's level, but an opposition player on grand final day, Kezi Apps.
9: Kezi Apps, also a great leader, positive, someone that you feel like you can go and talk to and chat to. I think just a, a really warm person and um, someone who can just get her job done and nail it.
2: Yeah. Plays in your position, I think from Rockhampton originally, a try scoring machine, Tamika Upton.
9: Oh, I think she's the future of the game. I would almost call her the GOAT. Yeah, just a really exciting player. She's someone who I think is, Um, I don't know her very well off the field, but just seeing the crazy stuff that she can do on the field, I think she's going to be around the game for a long time. And she's one of the best, you know, footy. She. Carries the best footy skills at the moment. I don't think there's anyone who's more skillful than Timmy Upton.
2: Yeah, wow. Uh, they call her Honey Bill uh, because she's <laughs> such a superstar in New Zealand. Honey, do you want to say her surname, how it should be said? Uh, Hidemi. Yes.
9: Beautiful person. She's also such a great leader. Um, I haven't met her off-field um, properly, but... Just been around the game for such a long time, knows it inside out, and yeah, just just a, a, a great woman of the game.
2: Okay, two more players. One of them's a New South Wales teammate of yours, and moving from Brisbane to Newcastle. I think we all love watching her on SAS Australia, Millie Boyle.
9: <laughs> oh, workhorse, tough as nails. She's just someone who you can rely on, and or off the field. The best human ever. She'll make you laugh with being around her for a couple of seconds. She's hilarious and loves a story.
2: <laughs> yeah. And a lady who plays alongside you with New South Wales went to Parramatta this year and played her heart out. What a player. Samima Matalfa.
9: Oh, also workhorse. She's got a hard head. She's always coming off the game with <laughs> stitches and blood. But <laughs> she'll put her body on the line. And, um, yeah, a great a great leader also.
2: Yeah, final name, and it's not a player, Rad Donald.
9: Oh. oh, he's someone who's really special to me. I feel like he's he's had a lot to do with myself as not only a rugby league player but a person. Every time we go into the Dillaroos campaigns, um, just his presence, he's so warm, but you, you, you learn so much from him and he's just all about growing his, his players as people first and players second.
2: Yeah, so there we go, Corbin Baxter. So part of the uh, New South Wales and Gillaroos. Uh, she was also the captain of the Maori team in the Indigenous All-Star Game. And TC, do you love what she said about her head coach, Brad Donald? That's what every coach aspires to, to develop people first, players second.
7: Oh, definitely. He, he's a champion man. When I did the leadership course, Brad was there. I, uh, I was very fortunate enough to do my high-performance coaching with Brad in 2005. Champion fella, and uh, and, and is a, a, a wonderful asset for, for the game of rugby league. And as you said, that's what every coach aspires to.
2: Yeah, and Butes, Do you see the recurring theme with all of those players that Corbin mentioned, and it's leadership?
3: Yeah, and, and I think you know what it, it's. It's interesting in the game, especially in the women's game. They are, they are leaders. They're pioneers. Right? They're, you know, this competition's only been around for a, a few years now. So they are all leaders. They're, they're leading the way for what's going to come further down the track. And, I, you know, it really excites me when I look at um, where the game of rugby league, especially the female game, will be in 10 years' time. It will be amazing, I can assure
2: you. Yeah, absolutely. And they're fighting for equality too. So well done. And the, the ratings went through the roof, I think, when you saw their grand final at Redcliffe. Uh, where they had had close to 10,000 fans for two teams from Sydney. St. George Illawarra versus the Roosters. Just amazing. Hey, TC, finally this morning, mate, somebody's celebrating a milestone birthday. Can you tell us more?
7: They certainly are, Steve, uh, the, 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 Yeah, a very uh, beautiful son. Nathan's 30 tomorrow, but we're having a, a bit of a shindig tonight for him. And uh, yeah, very, very proud of the young man. And, uh, he uh, will certainly have a, a, a good night for him. And, um, yeah, very excited as a family. for. Uh, the, but I uh, was safe saying that. I must have been young when we had
2: him.
3: <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Mate, the only tip I give you is stay on the mid-strands, mate. That's all.
2: <laughs> good idea. Yeah. boys. He, he's an absolute legend, Nathan Clark. He's one of our best mates. And, uh, G.R.T., he could play TC. Probably unlucky that he didn't push on to a higher level because... Yeah. You know, just such a great player with the Wyong Roos.
7: Yeah, he certainly was. He, um, I think, three-time Player of the Year. So uh, yeah, he uh, uh, was uh, certainly had an illustrious career and uh, and paving uh, paving his way now in the in the building industry. So yeah, there's uh, plenty of good times ahead for young Nate.
2: Yeah. Hey, uh, our producer's screaming at us down the line saying it's time to go to a break. So uh, we'll do that now. We're coming back soon with Morris Goolagong, the greatest of all time in the Black Diamond AFL with over 1,300 goals. I played with and against Maury, just a legend on and off the field, a great artist as well. Does so much in the community. So I can't wait to spend some time with Morris. Brad Woodward joining us too after 10 o'clock. He's off to the Commonwealth Games in Birmingham in the Backstroke events in probably the greatest team to ever leave our shores. Chock full of world record holders. The uh, most accomplished Olympian of all time is also in that team, Emma McKeon. So we'll catch up with Woody after 10 on Saturdays on the Coast.
1: Robson Civil. With over 60 years of leading civil constructions experience, visit robsoncivilprojects.com.au. BJ House Metal Land. The Coast's tradies' choice for tools, steel, gas. Visit bjhouse.com.au You're listening to Saturdays on the Coast.
2: Yeah, welcome back. We're live at Terrigal Surf Life Saving Club. Thanks to Kev Porter and the entire team here. We can't thank them enough, oh, Butes. Mate, it's become our new spiritual home. It's unbelievable, and it is so good, seriously. Yeah, and we're, uh, speaking of spiritual home, we're on Dark and Jung Lamb. We pay our respects to their elders, past, present and emerging on this Indigenous round in the NRL and also the AFL. Hey, next week, we're going to be live at the home of the Kalani Vale Bombers and Morris Goolagong, can you believe, for the first time in about a decade, they knocked off the juggernaut, that is Terrigal Avoka, 62. Nine goals, 8-62 to 7-6-48. So Corey Shackleton has got the Bombers humming in
6: 2022. That's awesome, mate. Yeah, no, it's good to good to see the, um, you know, it's, it's, it's starting to level out the playing field uh, on the Central Coast. Uh, yeah, uh, the last few years, it's been pretty much, you know, two-sided sort of thing with um, Terrigal and uh, Newcastle City and, so it's good to see that it's starting to pan down, um, you know, on a level playing field. And good.
2: you saw Terrigal, the reigning premiers, take on Cardiff uh, a couple of weeks ago. That was their first loss in years. Is that
6: correct? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, went up, uh, had the weekend off and um, went, went for a drive up the uh, freeway and watched Cardiff play um, Terrigal Waker. And it's the first time they've lost in since 2019, I'm pretty sure. So, um, yeah, so they were two years, I think, they are undefeated. So, um, yeah, it was a bit of a wake-up call for them. And, um, yeah, I think they're getting back onto the paddock or if they can get back onto the paddock because uh, Hilton Wall's a, <laughs> a bit drenched at the moment. So yeah. that's that's one of the struggles that Terrigal's got at the moment with, um, yeah, no training facilities. At, hey, so it's a bit hard.
2: Morris, I wanted to ask you a question because quite often I've spoken to my family about my pathway in AFL and how nowadays you'd be identified immediately. Do you Do you feel the same? Like, if you were coming through now, do you feel like you'd be snabbled up You'd be on a high-performance pathway and it'd just be a stepping stone in a matter of time before you're playing at the highest level.
6: Yeah, 100%. Um, you know, the way the game's going now, the way it's evolving, you know, it's, it's a lot quicker, obviously. Um, you know, when I played, I, I think I got electric shock when I left the square sort of thing. So, but, uh, <laughs> but um, no, the way the game's going now, it's um, yeah, it's, it's evolving uh, very quickly, so I'd have to adapt, obviously, to the different situations. And um, But, yeah, it's something that, that I would have, um, you know, Done pretty well. Oh,
2: he would have made his, his great attributes. I, I told you a moment ago with yep. speed off the mark. So over the first twenty, he was blistering. But a beautiful left foot kick, so he could bang it home from anywhere. And a, he was a real dead eye, Dick, and hands and hands like glue, glue yep. on those fingers.
3: <laughs> uh, Morris, I want to touch about uh, the fact, proud Indigenous man. Uh, we've seen over the last couple of weeks, the AFL last week they had their Indigenous round. Yep. Uh, And this week, uh, it's the NRL's turn. Um, I I think it's probably, for mine, both of the games do an absolutely brilliant job of recognising and acknowledging uh, the traditional owners of the land uh, and the Indigenous players um, and and what they've contributed to the game uh, and what they've contributed to our nation, to be honest with you. Um, It is, how does that make you feel as an Indigenous man watching the way these two you know, there's no doubt the two biggest sporting codes hey. in, in in Australia.
2: Hey Butes, you, you've left him about 20 seconds to answer the question. Yeah, yeah, rep- that's all right, mate.
6: No, <laughs> no, but it's um, no, it is. It's it's good to see. You know, uh, the the whole um, NRL and the AFL are, uh, how, how open they are about Aboriginal people in the game and, and um, loving loving. You know, what we, what we represent. Um, you know, for the, as a, as you say, First Nation people. Um, just to, just a respect. Um, I think uh, one of the Penrith players last night before he even started his interview he acknowledged um, you know the traditional owners of the land and all that sort of stuff and paid respects to the players on the field and and how much it meant to him being um, you know playing in indigenous rounds so um, you know it gives me goosebumps every time you see see him run out in the aboriginal jumper and all that Mm. sort of stuff and uh, Yeah, it's just just good to see.
2: Yeah, we're on our way to the news. Maury, can you stay with us for a little longer?
6: I want to to ask you about some of the beautiful Guernseys.
2: I thought the Sydney Swans last night just looked brilliant. I want to ask you about the totems that that are on there. Also, I want to ask you more about your own career and about the local competition. This is Saturdays on the Coast on SEN.
1: Robson Civil. With over 60 years of leading civil constructions experience, visit robsoncivilprojects.com.au. BJ, BJ House Metal, House Metal Land. Land. The coast's tradies' choice for tools, steel, gas. Visit bjhowes.com.au. Welcome, Welcome to Saturdays on the Coast.
2: Yeah, good morning. Uh, we just heard Robson Civil Projects, and I've got a text here from the main man, Fergie. Yeah. Greg Ferguson. He says... Where boys. are we this time? Well, he says, boys, what about a shout-out to the boys from BDK Earth Moving?" That's BDK Earth Moving. They've partnered with Robson Civil Projects out here in Dubbo. All the machines have Saturdays on the coast, pumping out of the speakers in downtown Dubbo. <laughs> there now, you go. Big shout out to BDK. Yeah, BDK. It's Bernie, Dale, Kyle. Uh, they're a Melbourne crew. Yeah. And they're in Dubbo, so great to have you guys on board. And we promise we'll talk some more AFL with the Goat, the greatest of all time. Forget about Gordon Coventry. Forget about Buddy Franklin. Forget for,
3: about Plugger Lockett. Who for, cares? Forget about oh, the on. Chief. Don't worry about
2: the Chief, Jason Dunstall. <laughs> this, this is your man. we well, you got the big dog in the house. Oh, That's what Ma- we've got. Morris Gouldegong. I haven't said this on the air previously, but I've played my heart out with Kalani Vale, but uh, due to a number of circumstances, I actually went across to Terrigal for the last half a season of my career before I hung the boots up. Yep. And the main reason was because of my relationship with Maury. Uh-huh. Uh, a fierce competitor on the field, but great mates off it. And uh, into him one night at Mingara, they squeezed me into the salary cap, oh, yeah. but, but they didn't know about my uh, my calf muscles. Can uh, you uh, uh,
3: <laughs> can you talk to me about the fear that you had every time you had to mark up against Morris?
2: Well, we had an X factor in the in the form of Pete Southwell. <laughs> yep. So that that was our tactic. We parked someone in front of Mori. Yep. So when he go on like a lead, there was someone that would. Almost like... Uh, what? Are the, I'd call him a speed bump. Is see, that what you yeah. call him? <laughs> Is that what you call him, a well, speed bump? Well, I tell you, you needed everyone. Like uh, like you talk about in Rugby League buttes where everyone has to be working together to stop the big man. Yeah, of um, course. And then a lot of the times, like against Terrigal, they were such a good footy team that, you know, they had you know, four or five other players that would... Hey, mate, be it. able to wreak havoc if you're, because there's too much focus on the big guys.
3: Correct. So. If you double team in someone, it means someone's free. That's right. And that's what
6: we, uh, you know, in our huddles and all that sort of stuff, that's what we used to concentrate a lot on. I so said, Look, if they're putting two players on me, you've still got one player. So they concentrated them, so they go back to be one on one. And then that's when I, um, you know,
2: kick 14 we, we, goals in three yeah. quarters. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, so if you retire in
6: 2013, like how much do you miss it? Oh, I miss it every day. You know, I, I, that's why I can't go and watch a game. You know, like. Even going, uh, when I went a couple of weeks ago, I still had the urge of, you know, strap on the boots. I, everyone says, oh, you know, bring your boots, bring your boots. And I say, no, 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 it's not going to happen. But, um, you know, there's still that little bug in there yeah. that goes, you know. They're, in, wanna, the the well, to, they're yeah. in the back of the car. They're in the back
2: of the car. I'm a little similar. I live close enough to uh, Killarney Vale, to the Adelaide Street Oval, that yeah. I can hear the siren. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. every Saturday at 2, when you hear that, you know, there's a part of you... It's almost like Neanderthal where you're just thinking it's go time. Exactly. Um, but you're doing a lot of work now with the Newcastle Knights with some of their uh, yep. female rugby league players. Tell That's us right. some of the girls you're working with.
6: Yeah, mate, I got a phone call from Ronald Griffiths, um, you know, about four weeks ago, and um, he uh, obviously seen my name in the paper a few times up at Newcastle and uh, asked me to come down and or go up, sorry, and um, do some kicking coaching with their halves and hookers and all that sort of stuff, so... Been doing that the last four weeks, and uh, really, really enjoying it. It's um, an important
3: part of the game, especially for the girls. Like, it's something that they don't necessarily have that natural ability when no. it comes to kicking. Exactly. So it has to be learned.
6: it yep. Has to be taught,
3: and it just, and I guess it has to be just practiced over yeah. and over exactly. and over
6: again. Yeah. Well, I'm um, actually um, doing a lot of stuff with the, the hooker, and, uh, and she she comes up, she goes, comes to training early, and she uh, actually came up to me the other day, and she said, "Mate, you've really helped me with my kicking style and 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 different techniques that you've taught us." is, um, yeah, something that we, we're really enjoying and we, we, we're, we're thankful.
2: And you did some work with Kira Dipp. Uh, in my opinion, she's one of the best in the NRLW.
6: Yeah, mate, yeah, I did some uh, with Kira Dip. I've even done um, some with uh, Hannah Southwell as well. Um, and, yeah, so there's a few others, other girls there as well. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm really enjoying my time up there, so it's good.
2: Hey, Murray, uh, I want to ask you about the Sydney Swans guernseys and the Giants guernseys, but speaking of GWS, Mark McVeigh. Ah, the, he got his uh, win. Yeah, we sent him a text last week and wished him all oh, the no. best. And a uh, fantastic win against the West Coast Eagles. Uh, they're up early today, aren't they? Uh, up against the Brisbane Lions. That's I think right,
6: mate. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure they're yeah, mid-afternoon uh, game this afternoon. So it's good to see you on the coaching staff. They're all bombers, uh, ex-bombers players. So, uh, yeah. Did you
2: play against Mark or was he down at Pennant Hills? No, no, he was
6: down at Pennant Hills. Uh, when I. The only player I played against, I think, was um, Isaac Heaney. I played against him uh, when he was up at uh, Nelson's Bay. And uh, Daniel Lloyd, I think, come towards the end of my career as well. So
2: Yeah, what a, what a great career Isaac Heaney's having. And Daniel Lloyd was plucked straight out of this local footy league. Hey, Maurice, so tell us about the Guernseys. So we looked at, at the Sydney Swans last night. And, yep. you know, that's a, a Guernsey everyone would want to have. Tell us about the totems and what it means from an Indigenous perspective.
6: Well, I'm, I'm, I'm gathering the, the, the totems that they've got on there, obviously, from the Aboriginal players that play in the team. So um, I know with the... Um, uh, they get uh, they get all the Aboriginal players together before a before this uh, round happens, and um, they 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 put all their ideas together and uh, work out what they want to put on the jumper. So um, I know with uh, with the NRL with South Sydney, um, who my nephew plays there, uh, he um, him and Cody Walker and all the, all the boys there they all got together and, and asked what they wanted to put on there. So um, you know it was um, it's something that they they get together before. And, and, and know what to put on.
3: What I love is the fact that they're engaging these players and talking to them. And, you know what, it actually, you know what, I would imagine that if you've got um, or have make a contribution to that thing, when you put that on, yep. it has so much
6: more meaning. Oh, exactly. Big significance, you know, and it makes it more feel, they feel more proud and, and uh, wearing it and, and running out in it and knowing that, you you know, not only the Aboriginal players are behind it, but they're, mm. they're, they're, they're explaining with the other players um, non-indigenous kids are people in in the team as well so
3: what does it mean for kids young kids watching players from their town right you know you've got to imagine most of these guys are from small country towns Mm -hmm. where the opportunities are limited right the chances of them getting through all the way to that top peak pinnacle is pretty slim
6: it is right, yeah, exactly, and, and
3: there's a number of reasons for that, Yeah. <laughs> right? And it's not just about talent. It's, there's other factors, and we spoke about it off air
6: yeah, yeah. about kids leaving home. That's, That's right. significant. Oh, big, time, big time! Like I, when um, Latrell and Shaq um, come with me when they first moved to the Central Coast with a play with the Centurions, you know that well, like I was pretty close family, but st- missing mum and dad is is a big significance in family in family yeah. life, especially Aboriginal uh, Aboriginal life because that's all they know. You know, that they're brought up in, in their certain ways and all that sort of stuff and different uh, cultural learnings and all that sort of stuff as well. So, uh, you know, having that support there 24-7 and then coming away at a, such a young age, it's a, it's a, it's a big task. It's a, it's a massive...
2: Can I just say two buttes I think it was Dane Rampey last night that said a few words. So, Buddy was best on ground <coughs> with his five goals and that's one of the best games. In fact, that's one of the most enjoyable Friday nights of footy that I've seen from the incredible match between the Broncos and the Gold Coast yep. and then the finish of the Swans versus Richmond was just enthralling to watch. But then Dame Rampey said a couple of words and if you get the chance, have a look because he spoke with such grace about it being the yep. Indigenous round and embracing it.
6: Exactly, and, and that's, what, that's what we love, you know, as, as an Aboriginal person, you know, that seeing non-Aboriginal um, people embracing it and, and loving, you know, being out there with, with, uh, with all those guys. Is um yeah, it's something we we all really enjoy.
3: Watching Buddy last night, you know, he comes around. He's got that familiar little hook on his, you know, from the
6: left side. There is that you? No mate, no. No, I'm, no, you're straight up and down. Straight up and down. <laughs> straight up and down. There's <laughs> yeah. no left to it, little no, swerve no, out no. to the left. I, and that's what I try to instill in, like this, um, where how they kick around the corner now. I, I just shake my head and go, what is going on? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, you know, that's uh, me and mate. I was when I was when I was young. I, all I did was I I didn't I didn't actually practice kicking goals. I actually practice kicking, kicking straight kicking the st- sticks, yeah, 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 so I'd aim for the point post once I get that, I go for the goal post goal post and then the point post, yep. and work my way around that 's how I got my accuracy, yeah, yeah yeah. and that's what I been. you know that's what tried, I try every everywhere I go and, and that's what I tell the young boys you know that's how I started so.
2: yeah I tell you, he had a bit of swagger though oh, like he I, had I have that no doubt he had what all the great athletes have got, oh. and he created time and space for himself and at times like. You know, look at the size of him. At times, he could be an absolute wrecking ball. Uh, so, mate, yeah. if you're
3: kicking 100 goals a season in four years, and you've kicking 1,300 goals across 11 seasons, whatever it is, you can have some swag. You can have all the <laughs> swag you want, my friend. <laughs> probably,
2: okay? in a lot, probably in a lot of ways, he did play. A, would you say you did play a lot like the chief, Jason
6: Dunstall? So pretty much, yeah, him and you know, and, and Lockhart, I suppose you could say as well. You know, just yeah, combination a, of the two. Yeah, so it was, it was pretty much just in that 50 metre arc. And um, but that's that's what the boys knew, and they you know, knew where to you know knew where to put the ball and all that sort of stuff. We we trained on that sort of stuff. Yeah, so hey, um, it was good.
2: We've got a very busy back end of the show. Brad Woodward is waiting on hold. He's off to the Commonwealth Games in Birmingham. Adam Kwasnick joining us. It's mm. the A League Grand Final tonight. Uh, Barcelona were in town on Wednesday and. Stevo made the dumbest decision of his life. Oh. <laughs> he decided not to go on commentary. There are some certain things you regret in life. Was that one of them? Uh, that, that could be one. That could uh, be one of them. <laughs> yeah. Yes, Stevo's not perfect, but. Uh. Uh, I uh, chose to turn that one down, and they had over 70,000 in the house against the A-League All-Stars. And Moose Rebilliad coming on as well to talk the NBA Finals. You've been following that, Mori, in uh, 25, 25 words or less, Golden State through to the Grand Final?
6: Yeah, mate, yeah, I've been watching a little bit of it. Um, not as much as I'd like to, but, um, yeah, been getting out there and uh, having a look, so it's been good. Fantastic, mate. Great to see you. Uh, what about a standing ovation For the greatest <laughs> of all time. Thanks, guys. You yeah. have, uh, have a good rating, and I'll... Uh, I'll Chat again soon. Yeah, Morris
2: Gulagon joining us. Uh, by the way, uh, one of our mates, Ash Gavinlock, tried to dial in on the McDonald Jones Homes open line. So that is yep. 1300 42 1533. 1300 42
3: He's up at Reclick at the moment. Yeah. Warriors game.
2: Yeah, that gets underway early this afternoon. Yep. Uh, text line 0477 736 mm. Somehow, Ash has been diverted, Ash Gavinlock, to Adelaide. And he's talking NRL with the Uh, team in Adelaide this morning. Mate, they would have loved it. They would have loved the little
3: uh, NRL mix over there. They're so (laughs) AFL-focused, so
2: good on him. He's the key man. He's the number one man in the NRL. Making stuff happen. During the pandemic, if there was no Ash Gavin lock, the NRL would have folded. So hopefully we'll get him on our show due to the wonders of modern technology at some stage. Off to a break. It's Saturdays on the Coast on SEN. Robson Civil.
1: With over 60 years of leading civil constructions experience, visit robsoncivilprojects.com.au. BJ Howes Metal Land. The coast's tradies' choice for tools, steel, gas. Visit bjhouse.com.au. You're listening to Saturdays on the Coast.
2: Yeah, welcome back live at Terrigal. Uh, Adam, have you got your mic open? Uh, thank you so much for covering for us a, a few moments ago. How you been and how do you feel about the Rabbitohs this weekend? Your mighty South Sydney team in action.
8: Oh, uh, look, uh, boys, uh, it's been a great show. But, it, look, the South Sydney aren't very mighty at the moment, unfortunately. And uh, they went down to the Tigers, uh, you know, last time by one point, And I actually could see a similar result happening tonight, unfortunately. Uh, but, you know, they are still missing Latrell, And hopefully Cam Murray's back. Uh, if not this week, maybe he'll be back in a couple of weeks. But there is talk of him being back. So they definitely need him back on the field sooner rather than later, boys. Yeah, well, look, I well think,
3: said. I think Cam Murray needs to be back this week. Uh, I think they've got a buy next week, um, and obviously leading up to Origin. I think it's important that he comes back because he is such an integral part of that New South Wales side, and I think he just needs to show Freddie uh, you know, what he's capable of, that he's back, that his shoulder's okay, that everything's fine from the injury, and that he will be where he needs to be
2: come Origin 1, June 8, a uh, cool stadium. You, you know, Butes, they're just lucky, the Rabbitohs, that Manly have had... A diabolical run with injuries, uh, and Manly—they haven't won in what five weeks now. So, mm. Manly are level with the Rabbitohs. The Raiders have got a chance to go above the Rabbitohs into the top eight. St. George Illawarra could also climb inside the top eight this weekend, depending on how they go at Belmore Sports Ground against Canterbury Bankstown tomorrow. Mm. Hey, let's go to, let's Brad go to Woodward. a man who's. On his way to Birmingham, his name yeah. was announced on Sunday. He'll swim in the backstroke events there. His second Commonwealth Games, standing O for Bradley Woodward. Good morning, mate, and congratulations. Good morning. Thank you. So, Woody, uh, you picked up a couple of bronze medals down in Adelaide. And give us your thoughts, your analysis of your swims in both the 50, the 200, and also the 100 backstroke.
10: Yeah, um, you know, they weren't too bad, um, I was probably looking at going a little bit quicker, but in saying that, you know, trials is always a bit of a stressful time. And, you know, I still put together some good heat swims and, you know, some solid final swims. And, you know, there's there's a lot of to improve there. And, you know, I guess for me, you know, that's exciting more than anything. If I had done the perfect swim here, you know, you're trying to find tenths of a second, you know, the next couple of weeks. But, you know, knowing I've got a fair bit to improve on, you know, it's really exciting. Now looking towards Birmingham.
3: You talk about improving, you know, from your perspective. I look at the performances of Tidmus and, and Stubbity Cook, who, uh, you know, break world records. Can they improve? Because, uh, you know, their performances were unbelievable.
10: Yeah, I think it's one of those things in swimming. Like, no one ever is going to do a perfect swim. You know, you're always going to find something here and there. Obviously, with those swims, um, you know, there's a lot less to improve upon. You know, you're just playing with milliseconds kind of thing. But you know, I think both of them, you know, have just been on and up with trajectory for the last you know a couple of years and um you know I, I don't see why that should slow down at all so you know i think um you know they had a bit of time out of the pool after the olympics and you know i think another eight weeks of training you know will do you know some good
2: hey can i just say on the sen facebook page we've never had so many likes shares interactions than putting up a photo of brad woodward so mm. so it shows yeah, But you sound surprised.
3: No, oh, disappointed more side of the point. Uh, no, no, no. <laughs> disappointed,
2: by, that's all. By, by far the most yeah. engagement of any yeah. post we've ever put up, and it's about Brad Woodward. So it shows the love in this community for, for Woody. Um, and Brad, so many beautiful messages coming through from you and so much support locally. I, I know you started your career at Mingara, and you still swim for that club, even though you're now based in Sydney.
10: Yeah, definitely, you know, the fact that, you know, everyone's excited for me and, you know, sending me messages and stuff, you know, it's really exciting for me. You know, I've been on the coast for so many years now and obviously part of Shelley Beach Surf Club and Megara, who I still swim for. So, you know, the fact those guys are still behind me and, you know, everyone that's been around and supported me, you know, it's awesome. And, you know, hopefully when I go to Birmingham, you know, I can put together some good performances for, you know, those people, everyone that's helped me along the way.
2: Is the real positive down in Adelaide, the fact that you were fastest qualifier for both the 1 and 200 backstroke?
10: Yeah, definitely. I mean, um, in the past, I've actually been quite a bad heat swimmer, um, and that's where I've really struggled. So, you know, I guess one positive to come away from that is, you know, I've put together some really good heat swims. (laughs) I tend to struggle to get up in the morning and um, get going. So, you know, I think for me now, it's, you know, putting those heat swims together in Birmingham, getting myself in the finals, you know, that's the most important thing. And then, um, you know, from there, it's, I guess it's one of those things. If you have a lane, you have a chance. So, you know, being able to step up from those heat swims and, you know, put together a really good final swim.
2: Yeah, and you know, Buttes, you know, you talk about Ariane Titmuss and Emma McKeon and Kaylee McEwen, and you also talk about Zach Stubbledy-Cook, but Woody's got a race against a guy that has pretty much done absolutely everything. The only thing missing is an Olympic gold medal, and that's Mitch Larkin. So... Really, Brad, you're swimming against a legend of the sport who probably doesn't get the accolades he deserves.
10: Yeah, definitely. Mitch is, um, you know, an insane athlete. And, um, you know, I think in the... Acom Games, we'll have two Olympic medalists and 200 back. So, you know, there's certainly a bit of stiff competition. But, um, yeah, Mitch, has been there and done everything. And, you know, realistically, he's probably unlucky not to have an Olympic gold. Probably just peak in the right years. Um, you know at one point there he was pretty much one of the greatest backstrokers in history um you know he was just dominating the sport so um he's definitely a guy to watch out for but you know it's certainly exciting you know a guy that i looked up to so much when i was young being able to represent australia with him and you know i get to race him so you know that's that's really cool and i'm looking forward to Birmingham and having him by my side
3: i got i've got to say going into you ranked fourth in the commonwealth uh in the backstroke which is massive But going into this um, Commonwealth Games in Birmingham, it's your second time around. So you've got to go in there, um, A, with obviously that experience under your belt from the last Commonwealth Games, B, just having that understanding and I guess, you know, being more comfortable uh, a part of that Australian swim team.
10: Yeah, definitely. Um, I think last time it was one of those things. It was my first ever Australian Open team. Um, You know, I was 19 and just a rookie and um, kind of just went there, was happy to be there, and just, you know, whatever happened, happened. I wasn't too concerned. But, you know, this time, I definitely know what to expect. And, um, you know, I I think for me, you know, I'm around about that kind of medal position. And um, last time, I was just on the outside of that as well and put myself in the, you know, in the medals in the 100 and 200. So, I think going there this time, yeah, it's definitely just a mix of, you know, I am excited just to be on the team and enjoying it, but also, you know, taking that experience of last time and, um, you know, taking that and putting together some good races.
2: Hey, Brad, uh, yesterday we caught up for MBN Television, uh, fantastic news story last night, but can you share with us again your thoughts about the swim by Ariane Tipness? World record swim last Sunday night. She, I think she's decided not to go to the World Championships. She'll just go to the Com Games, and she looked incredibly relaxed, and the time is mind-blowing from Ariane Tipness.
10: Yeah, it's absolutely insane. Like I said last night, um, the world record Katie Ledecky um, broke, you know, six years ago. Um, you know, pretty much no woman was going under 402 um, without the super suits. And that was just absolutely mind-blowing. And never for a second did I think anyone would even get close to Katie Ledecky. Um, and, you know, even more so, I thought no one would get close to that world. Very Um, You know, two years later, or sorry, three years later, um, you know, was knocked off the world record. So, you know, it's just crazy that she's at that level. And, you know, she doesn't look like she's slowing down either. So, you know, to think we might have a woman down in the 355s or something like that is just mind-blowing.
3: Brad, I want to touch on the fact that, you know, she's decided to, well, it's not official yet, but to not uh, compete at the World Championships. We had this debate last week with Ray Anderson, um, about, you know, whether you compete and, and what's more significant for you. Is it competing at the World Championships and going for a medal there, or is it competing at the Commonwealth Games? Yeah, and you're Woody, in, the, you're you know in that what, position.
2: You, you know where Butts is going, don't you, Woody?
10: Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, I think what, for what, me, obviously World Chance is the bigger event as far as you're racing the world, but I think... Um, you see anyone on the Australian swim team, you know, you, you ask which one would you rather be on. I think it's, you know, Commonwealth Games. Um, mm. You know, it's a re- really fun, for, fun one for us. You know, we've had a lot of success in the last few years. And, um, you know, I think everyone kind of lifts at that event. And, um, you know, so I think just the way it is in Australia, I think um, everyone loves the Com Games and uh, gets around it. So I think even though, you know, World Championships is massive, I think everyone's, you know, looking towards Birmingham to have a big performance.
2: Yeah, I really like that uh, because it's like a festival of sport. Uh, You know, it's not as big, not as much pressure, but, you know, we're going to see some incredible swims there. There's no doubt about it. Woody, I really like what you told me yesterday as well, and I'd like you to share it with the listeners. Because of the pandemic, you didn't get the chance to do a whole lot of racing. You feel like the next 12 to 18 months are going to be so crucial for you in the lead-up to Paris and also Los Angeles because you'll be racing all the time, and you'll get an opportunity to make a whole bunch of teams. Is that correct?
10: Yeah, definitely. I I think I'm someone who um, benefits from a lot of racing and, yeah, obviously through the pandemic and that kind of thing, you know, we're we're a bit restricted with how much racing we can do and, you know, every time you jump on a plane, obviously there's that chance that, you know, you're putting yourself into COVID and, you know, you'll have to isolate for a week, which is um, pretty hard when you're trying to swim, you miss a week of of training. So um, for me, over the next, you know, a couple of months, we got World Short Course. I think he's in December, so there's, um, hopefully might be on that team, and then I think from there, there's pretty much an Australian team going away somewhere every six months, and then between that, there'll be some World Short Courses and that kind of thing, so, um, you know, the aim for the next couple of years is to get myself on as many of those as possible, and um, get some experience up, and, you know, a bit more racing, and I think that'll do me the world of good, so you know, hopefully I can do that, and, yeah, um, by the time it comes around to Olympic trials in 2024, I'll be uh, ready to go.
2: Yeah, yeah, your first Olympic Games. Hey, um, mm. in 25 words or less, uh, a lot of people have pulled me up and they've asked me about the Love Triangle, which uh, I think is Cody Simpson, Emma McKeon, and and uh, Kyle Chalmers. Uh, is there much being said around pool deck? The Love
10: Triangle? Ah, uh, no. <laughs> I try to keep out of it. I don't really know what's going on there. Um, you know, it was a lot of fun down there watching the 100 fly final and, um, you know, a lot of chess beating and um, seeing who's best. But at the end of the day, um, both of them are phenomenal. I mean, Kyle's an Olympic gold medal. And uh, to be honest with Cody, I, I didn't actually know it was a, you know, whether he was serious or not about coming back. That you know, he's deadly serious. And I see no reason why he's not going to be an Olympian in two years. So, mm. um, yeah, it, it's pretty amazing to watch both of them, to be honest. And I stay out of it, but it's good fun to watch.
2: Yeah. Hey, Brad, uh, just want to say, mate, we're so incredibly proud of you. Uh, Brad was in a a junior water polo rep team with my son, Corey, at under 14 level. And you just knew. I mean, such a beautiful family. You've done an incredible job, mate. So a second time at the Commonwealth Games on a pathway to maybe go to Paris in 2024. Congratulations again on behalf of all of us and everyone listening on the Central Coast.
10: Thanks so much, really appreciate it. Thanks for the chat.
2: Bradley Woodward, Mm. off to Birmingham in 61 days. And counting. From now. Wow. Yeah, fantastic. Off to a break, off to the news. In fact, we're back with Adam Kwasnick to talk the A-League Grand Final and also Champions League Final too, happening in Paris this weekend. Wow. Real Madrid and Liverpool, how incredible will that be? Man City won the EPL and we'll talk some NBA as well in the final half hour. Saturdays on the Coast on SEN.
1: Robson Civil with over 60 years of leading civil constructions experience. Visit Robson Civil au. BJ House Metal Land, the coast's trade's choice for tools, steel, gas. Visit bjhouse.com.au. You're listening to Saturdays on the coast.
2: Yeah, welcome back live at Terrigal Surf Life Saving Club. Buttes, you were just saying that you got booed one time or probably numerous times <laughs> walk, walk, matter. Walk, walking off the field.
3: i got to tell you. But we, could...
2: we were talking about Payne Haas. Yep. So that was an incredible moment last night where he was booed by his own fans. And then when he came back on, he had a run, which was like, I'm going to restore some pride here. So if people missed the first hour of the show, Michael really teed off. On the player manager that Payne Haas has got, well, I've got no idea who the guy is. Neither I. I don't know. And I'm looking. I'm making some serious
3: assumptions here in relation to how this thing is playing out. Oh, but, are you saying you're misinformed? No, I'm not saying I'm misinformed. Far from it. What I'm saying is that there's no reason why that manager needs to renegotiate Payne Haas's contract at the moment. You know what? He's earning some good money. Yeah. Right. There's no need for him to go anywhere. Right. He's at a club where he's, um, you know, played his junior footy there. it's Been developed through that program. You want to keep the kid there. He's right?
2: been absolutely smashing it.
3: Correct. And you know what? If he was happy enough to sign that contract two or three years ago and pick up $800,000, $850,000, then you know what? Just stick to it. It's because <laughs> it's
2: damn good money. If I said you might have been misinformed, this next guy that we're going to on the I McDonald Jones know. Homes open line, he is informed. Yeah. Ash Gavinlock, come in from Redcliffe. Yeah, good morning, fellas. How are you going? <laughs> Yeah, well, uh, what happened? You got lost in the vortex. You ended up going live to where in Adelaide?
0: Yeah, the number you gave me, I thought was a bit of a stitch up this morning, Steve. And here I was in in Adelaide, talking rugby league over AFL. Mate, they would have loved it. What the Warriors are?
3: (laughs) They would have absolutely loved it out there, mate. You would have taught them a, a thing or two. Um, and uh, how's it all heard? How's it all looking up there at Redcliffe? Warriors playing up there. Um, they've had a fair bit of success up there. It's become their home ground, which is fantastic, but they've had a fair bit of success.
0: They have. They've won every game up here, and, and I think from memory two of them have gone to extra time and they were crackers. But it, it, it's not a cloud in the sky. Um, it's got to be around 25 degrees. You know, both teams need a win. The night. Uh, obviously, won their uh, last match or Magic Round, as as we know, against the uh, the hapless Dogs or the oh. team as we know it. You know, yes. it's like, <laughs> pack it up and move it to Perth. Let me tell you. Yeah, they've had some interesting. But the, uh, the Warriors, Belmore, but, but the voice of Belmore will be there tomorrow. I hear.
3: Yes, he will be. Yeah, with these Dulcet towns, he'll be doing his bit, <laughs> mate. The Warriors have had some controversy this week, um, in particular the last couple of days. Matt Lodge apparently being paid out some 700 odd 1000 dollars, not only this year's contract but also next year's contract, which there seems to be a lot of uncertainty as to why that would have happened.
0: Yeah, again, like, it's all on the QT. Like, no-one's talking about it on the street. You know, I've tried to get out there and get some word on the street, but there's nothing. It's all gone dark for whatever reason. But there's a couple of good players coming in, Jesse Lussick, that, um, started, or Freddie Lussick, sorry, Jeffy Lussick. Freddie Lusick starting again this week, um, which will be great, you know. The two the two fullbacks, Ponga and, and Reef Welsh, they're going to have a cracker. Like I said, both teams need a win. The Warriors, I think, are favourites just because of the home ground advantage, but who knows what's going to turn up.
2: Yeah, they'd be a tough team to coach, Nathan Brown, and a win would put them equal with the Rabbitohs on 10 points, so they'd stay in touch with that bottom bottom part of the eight, but Butch, you shaking your I'm head. I'm shaking
3: my head. How does that happen? Like, you know, the they haven't really done anything this year, the Warriors. And if they get a win today, they're up there with the Rabbitohs. Like, seriously, this is... I love the fact that our competition can be so tight. But when you compare these teams here, the likes of the Warriors and St. George and, you know...
2: They're making up the numbers. Is that what you're trying well, to say?
3: Mate, mate, compared to the Storm and Penrith... There is such a massive gap. It is ridiculous. And the Cowboys, to that extent. Yeah, Yeah.
2: I think the Warriors, what sums up their season, is 32-30 against South Sydney during the Magic Round. Yeah. You know, they can can score a lot of points, but in terms of defense, like we were talking about Todd Payton earlier with the Cowboys. Mm. Unless you've got steely defense like Penrith, Melbourne most of the time, Uh, then you're just absolutely pretenders in 2022. Your thoughts, Buttes?
3: Yeah, well, I look at, you know, I look at the Cowboys and what they did last night, right? Their defence was steely. They were strong. They, you know, showed some resilience. They showed a lot from where they were last year. They still conceded 22 points against the Panthers and were unable to score anything, right? So um, as good as they were, there's still a 22-point gap there against the best team. And, And that's hard for a coach to go, Okay, how are we going to... How are we going to address this? How are we going to get closer to this Penrith side? Because they're so
2: far ahead. Hey, let's go back to Redcliffe. Mm. Ash Gavinlock, you were at the Mm. Barcelona match, and not sure if you heard it, but one of the dumbest decisions Steve Allen has made, I could have commentated on that match for SEN and decided to palm it off, and uh, it just turned out to be an incredible night with over 70,000 in the house, and you were there.
0: Yeah, it was an amazing atmosphere. You know, at one stage you could hear a pin drop. Just, just the atmosphere out there by the crowd, and the, and there was a good mix of crowd. There was a, a, a you know, all stars. There was a lot of all stars crowd there. There was a lot of obviously Barcelona crowd, but they were just amazed by the talent out on the field. Forget about who was going to be up on the box commentating on it. The crowd <laughs> were just sensational for <laughs> Barcelona. Let me tell you. 70,100 yep. and something, you know. Um, it was one of the best events, I think, in a long time. Look, the A-League All-Stars, they're a great team. If only the A-League could field something <laughs> like that across six or eight clubs, the competition would be outstanding.
2: Yeah, yeah. And speaking of the A-League All-Stars, here's the young man from the Central Coast. We're going to roll in some audio. Oh. Uh, I'm surprised was, you'd, this, young guy, this young guy should be on a plane to Spain. Xavi uh, might have already... Done a deal with him. He was magnificent. He didn't score, but let's roll in the audio. Garen Quall. The
0: youngster accelerates. Quall still going. The chance for Garan Quall! chips it over! Oh, and he's putting it just wide!
4: What a chance for the youngster!
3: Well he just kept going and going like an energizer bunny. They couldn't stop him. The bodies were going and crashing into
4: each other and he came to the final touch. And it just shaves the
0: outside of the post. His name was written in lights.
2: Yeah, so uh, the commentary from Wednesday night. I think that was Daniel McBreen. Yeah,
3: I'll give you the tip. If he had a scored those two goals, one of the that one there and the yeah. other one that hit the woodwork. Well, I thought the other one
2: was better.
3: <laughs> so do I. Thunderbolt. Yep. yep, correct. If he had a, he would have been on a plane to Spain. I guarantee you, yep. if he had a yep. scored somewhere overseas, there's no th- doubt about it because people would have
2: signed him up in a heartbeat. I want t-shirts. Plane to Spain.
3: Yeah, plain to Spain. Plain yeah. to
2: Spain. Yeah. Hey, Ash, uh, great to speak to you. Anything else from Redcliffe this morning? And happy 50th too, mate, uh, joining the Half Century Club recently. Oh, you didn't have to
0: say that on there, you know. That's you know. no, very unlike Steve throwing anybody under the bus. It is. <laughs> <Jeez. laughs> <laughs> you know. No, thanks. Thanks, I uh, think, Steve. Anyway, getting back to the other week when you are at Magic Round Butte, how was how was that show without him? I hear... That, that's going
3: to be up for an award later on this year. It was our be- it was one of it was definitely one of our best. There's no doubt about it. Definitely one of our best, Gab. You can only imagine how good it was.
0: Oh, the research that you would have
2: done that week would have
3: blown people out of the park, mate. I did. I did. Not only did I do one page, I did the other side of it as well. I did two pages of research. It was unbelievable. All right,
2: time to hang up on Ask Gavin Locke uh, live from Redcliffe. He's, he's on, giving away all our secrets have a great on weekend, the fellows.
3: Good on you, buddy. Hey, (laughs) Steve-O, I I know Ash wasn't our uh, soccer expert, and I don't know whether we've got quads or not, but um, the English Premier League, how how exciting, (laughs) right? And the theatre that goes into that last week or last game, last round of the EPL when Man City are ahead by one point, uh, Liverpool. Yeah. And all the games kick off at the same time. Like, it is just phenomenal. Not only with that, but Man City were behind 2-0.
2: Against Aston Villa.
3: 2-0, they're down. Yeah. They're, the premiership is slipping through their hands. Yeah, At 65 minutes, they're 2-0 down. At 76 minutes, they're 3-2 up. <laughs> <laughs> it's all turned. Within six minutes, I think it was, they just went bang, bang, bang.
2: Uh, and the other... The other curveball there is the coach of Aston Villa is the great Stevie Gerrard. Yes. Stevie G. So my son, Corey, oh, I'm embarrassed to say I didn't get up and watch, but I should have. Uh, you know, another regret that I've got in my life. Um, <laughs> a lot of them have happened in the last week. Yeah. <laughs> unfortunately. My, my son sent me a message at like 4 a.m. saying Liverpool need to score. Yeah. Uh, because at the other grounds, you could hear a roar every time something happened around the league. Well, it was
3: one all, right? So it's one all. In the Liverpool-Wolves game.
2: Yeah, they ended right? up winning 3-1.
3: Yeah, so they needed to score when it's 2-0 down at uh, Man City. They score the, the premiership. It's theirs.
2: Yeah. Right? Yeah,
3: They didn't score to the 88th minute
2: or whatever it was. They live to fight another day oh, in the uh, Champions wow. L- Champions League final in Paris.
3: <sighs> they take on Real Madrid. Wow, what a clash that'll be.
2: Yeah, off to a break. Uh, back in a moment, we'll talk some NBA with Ian Moose-Rabilli at Golden State have booked their place in the final. And you may have heard through the week, and I'll have a warning with this, but Steve Kerr just... I've never heard anything like it from a coach and probably the most important press conference he's ever delivered. And hopefully that message gets through. Off to a break. It's Saturdays on the Coast on SEM.
1: Robson Civil. With over 60 years of leading civil constructions experience, visit robsoncivilprojects.com.au. BJ House Metal Land. The coast's tradies' choice for tools, steel, gas. Visit bjhouse.com.au. You're listening to Saturdays on the Coast.
2: Yeah, welcome back. We're live at Terrigal Surf Club. Time is tight. Let's go straight to Ian Moose, Rebilliard OAM, basketball legend. Moose, good morning, mate. The Celtics are currently playing Miami as we speak. And Boston leads the series. Your team, the Celtics, lead three-two in the series.
5: Yeah, yeah, it's a it's a big game, obviously, for both teams. But uh, Miami, you know, on the line. If they if they lose today, they're out. And if Boston win, obviously, they advance to uh, to the grand final against the Warriors. So a big day for uh, the Heat.
3: Did you expect that uh, from the Warriors? Four-one over Dallas.
5: Yeah, I thought it'd be a little, probably a little bit closer. Butts, truth be known, but um, you know I watched that last game and Clay Thompson was just unbelievable, and he's, you know, he's playing at an incredibly high level. And when you combine him with Curry, there, you know, they're all always hard to beat. So, and obviously Dallas, Dallas got the rough end of that that pairing. So, uh, yeah, good, good luck to them in the grand final, and I'm hoping it is Boston as Steve. Knows.
2: Hey, hey Moose, uh, I said you're a Boston fan, a Celtics fan, you've been to the TD Gardens, but how invested are you? Like, are you nervous at the moment for your team?
5: (laughs) No, I mean, I I admire Boston just because of the history of the club and how they've gone about winning championships over so many years. And, you know, they're, they're kind of the opposite of the Lakers that have that, you know, Hollywood aspect far more traditional at uh, at the garden and it's just an incredible place to go and watch basketball and I've got a very soft spot for that,
2: for that spot. Hey Moose, uh, before the end of the show we're going to roll in the audio from Steve Kerr but did you see his press conference earlier in the week and you know, just heartbreaking to watch really
5: Yeah it was and, and I think you know, Steve Kerr's just a class act and I, you know, you know rubbed off on his Team. But even the opening of that, he said, I'm not here to talk basketball, and you could feel the emotion, you could understand the heartbreak, um, it's just a tragedy. And unfortunately, you know, well, fortunately for Australia, our gun laws are just sensible, and in America, they're, they're nonsensical. Um, so, yeah, you obviously feel, obviously, for the families, but Steve first summed it up so very, very well.
2: And, Moose, just finally, because we're tight on time, uh, the Crusaders, what's happening this weekend?
5: A yeah, big weekend for the crew. Uh, youth League women are at home today, but then um, the championship team head to inner-west Falls, and then they're all at home tomorrow against Hills. So um, a very, very big weekend for uh, the club. And in the championship, NBL One men. Um, we get to see Jalen Grant, first time that he's able to play. He's Horace Grant's nephew, an NBA um, legend. His his nephew's playing today and suiting up for the Crusaders. uh, Exciting exciting weekend.
2: Yeah, yeah, love it. Uh, How do we squeeze him into the Crusaders' salary cap? I (laughs) I like it, Moose. Creative accounting. Uh, Thank you, mate, for your time. We love you, and we'll talk to you soon.
5: Okay, all the best, guys. Thanks for the call.
2: Ian Rabelia joining us off to a break. We'll come back and wrap the show in just a few moments. Saturdays on the Coast on SEN.
1: Robson Civil. With over 60 years of leading civil constructions experience, visit robsoncivilprojects.com.au. BJ House Metal Land. The Coast's tradies' choice for tools, steel, gas. Visit bjhowes.com.au. You're listening to Saturdays on the Coast.
2: Yeah, thank you to Robson Civil Projects. Thank you also to McDonald Jones Homes. We promised you we play the Steve Kerr audio, so... It is hard to listen to, but it's the most powerful message he's ever delivered during a press conference. Uh, here it is, the coach of the Golden State Warriors.
7: When are we going to do something?
3: There's 50 senators right now who refuse to vote on HRA, which is a background check rule that the House passed a couple of years
7: ago. It's been sitting there for two years. And there's a reason they won't vote on it, to hold on to power. You realize that 90% of Americans regardless of
3: political party, want background check, universal background check. 90% of us, we are
7: being held hostage by 50 senators in Washington who refuse to even put it to a vote despite what we, the American people, want. They won't vote on it because they want to hold on to their own power. It's pathetic. I've had enough.
2: Yeah. Wow. Absolutely incredible, Butte. Steve Kerr. the yeah. Part of the... Uh, part of the Superstars at Chicago when they won their championships. And like I said, the most powerful press conference he's ever been a part of. So nine out of ten. Like they're being held ransom by a minority.
3: Yeah. And, you know, unfortunately, you know, when we look back at that incident and what occurred, look, it's not the first. And it, unfortunately, Steve, it probably won't be the last um, because of their archaic laws over there in relation to gun and where they stand. It's a really sad situation yeah. for all Americans and you know just people in general. Like Nobody else goes through this anywhere in the world.
2: We've got to go, Buttes. Uh, thanks so much to Josh. Josh Kind, our technician. We love you, mate. Thanks to Adam Back at Headquarters. Thanks to all of our guests this morning. Thanks to Robson Civil Projects. Thanks to McDonnell Jones Homes. We'll catch you next week. Saturdays on the Coast.